welcome back to the return to play podcast we have a very special mega episode for you today we have the nfl injury news with a new guest and we have a featured guest josh selway mr jobin he is a fantasy unleashed podcast creator founder uh, they do a great job over there. He's going to share with us some of his his story and how they've um, how they view fantasy football over there. Fantasy Unleashed. It's a it's a good conversation, and he sticks around to do heating pad ice pack with us. We got a slate of guys to talk about. Ton of injuries as usual, and then we have our greasy gambling at the end. With uh, Josh goes crazy. He just goes off the rails and. Uh, makes insane picks it's it's great so stick around for all that and we to kick off the show um danny wants to i don't know why talk about the abominable the atrocious the uh the pittsburgh steelers danny uh go ahead i don't necessarily want to talk about the pittsburgh steelers i just need to take this opportunity to shit on mike tomlin but uh, yeah, after watching the most embarrassing Steelers game of my lifetime, for sure, probably probably ever, probably ever. But uh, so ESPN today came out with some data that I thought was pretty interesting. They had a little article um, that ranked all all of the active NFL coaches on their fourth down decision making, and uh, dead last, shockingly, I know, shockingly to Steelers fans. Mike Tomlin, dead last, 32 out of 32. Um, the worst decision maker on, on fourth downs when it comes to going for it in stupid situations and punting in stupid situations. His, uh, his win probability sacrificed on fourth down errors was, was absolutely through the roof. So I just, I just thought that was funny that Mike Tomlin came in dead last after we've been bitching about it for 10 years. But uh, another uh, another incident of punting on fourth and inches at midfield when you're down twenty one to three and you haven't stopped the other team, um, and yeah, the the punt on Sunday obviously didn't work since you just kept scoring because our defense is banged up and poorly disciplined. So we're stuck with we're stuck with James Franklin for ten more years and Tomlin for who knows how long. But I I can't handle this much longer. Y- yeah. Um... Well, Devin Bush is uh, maybe the worst first round pick we've ever made. Um, yeah, pro- probably not the worst first round pick, but uh, he's up there. He's not I'm, very good. I'm chalking that up to the injury. His first year and a half while healthy was very promising. So I think that's just, I still have hope for Devin Bush. That's fair. Terrell and- Edmonds was. I wanted, oh, yeah, I desperately yeah, yeah. wanted Lamar Jackson, and they did not take Lamar Jackson. They passed on Lamar Jackson, and they drafted freaking Terrell Edmonds, who has been dog water. And where does Lamar Jackson go to freaking Baltimore? But that's a that's a conversation for another day. Yeah, um, uh, our guest here, Josh. Uh, if you listen to his podcast, you'll know he is uh, the avid Browns fan. Um, and he works with with two Steelers fans on that pod. So you're in the same same boat here on our show. Uh, what do you have to say? Uh, I will give you uh, a one minute to 
say whatever you want about the Pittsburgh Steelers. No, no, that's unnecessary. It's unnecessary. It's the story's writing itself. Fantastic. I, I mean, the Browns are kind of in a bigger, bigger pile of shit than us, though. Well, the story is I'm not, I'm not said I'm not a Browns fan. I'm a Browns supporter. I didn't grow up cheering for the Browns. I'd rather see the Browns. That's true. I misspoke. Succeed. No, it's okay. I mean, it's it's weird, but I don't like. I watch the Browns lose. I don't care. You know, I mean, I'd like to see them succeed, but it's not. It's never been a passionate thing. So. Right. Yeah. When the Steelers lose, especially, I'd say the last, you know, four or five years with when Ben still was performing uh, to the high standard, you know, my my Monday would be complete shit. I would be emotionally distraught for like 36 hours. Um, but now it's uh, now I've crossed I've crossed over. I am I am now dead inside for the rest of the season. So. So I just I am just going to walk into Sunday with no expectations. Uh, we could get routed by the Ravens. It doesn't matter at this point. If we lose, maybe a little bit higher draft pick. Uh, uh, ben should have retired two years ago. And so, you know, thanks for all you've done, Ben. Ben, thanks for your service. But, um, you know, you, you should have saw this coming. I sure did. I think most of us most of us saw this year coming. Uh, it's what happened to Drew Brees last year. Who uh, who are they, they going to play over Ben, though? Well, this no, thing. I'm saying oh. they if they get rid of that, he should have retired two years ago. We wouldn't be we, – we have a good defense. We wouldn't be, have been in this situation. Past tense. Defense sucks. <laughs> they have no defensive depth because they freaking yeah, cut no people that they didn't line. have to cut. Freed up $11 million that they didn't freaking spend. But over yeah. the past five games until this week, Ben was four and one in those games, nine touchdowns, zero interceptions. So he's allowed, he, he lit it up for a month. He's allowed a bad, I mean, he did look bad. He looked very bad. Um, but we're they're yeah, also that's... playing with half a team right now. It's, Ben's getting way too much shit. Ben's, Ben's playing above average. He did look good uh, in that Bears game. He's not uh, the Chargers game, especially. The defense just couldn't, yeah, couldn't get yeah. off the field. Well, now we're, now we're this, at like a this team has episode. way bigger issues than Ben right now. But yeah, let's let's get into some some NFL injury news. Let's dive into the NFL injury news. All right, let's get into the NFL injury news. First up, we have Daniel Jones. He strained his neck. I believe in practice. I don't know what he's doing. You gotta, you gotta strengthen up those neck muscles. You gotta do the the neck curls there on the machine, buddy. And uh, you know, it sounds like he's not gonna play, but there's there's coaches say Joe, Joe Judge is saying uh, he's hopeful that he can play, but it's looking doubtful. Neck strain that's gonna affect your throwing motion, and usually you can't think too well if you have neck pain going on playing NFL football. So uh, I, I don't see him playing this week. And if he does, he's probably going to stink. That hurts uh, Saquon as well. That hurts the whole the whole offense because um, now the run game is going to be predictable, all that. Stay away from the Giants this week. That's that's what I think. Anything on the, the Giants, Danny? 
Yeah, you should stay away from the Giants most weeks regardless. They do have Mike Glennon as the backup, so you have a serviceable backup in there. One thing that was interesting to me as a as a college football guy, they did sign Jake Fromm off of uh, the Bills practice squad. So be interesting to see if uh, Jake Fromm can kind of resurrect his career somehow. Yeah, and the Dolphins are rolling and their defense is playing competently. So a competent defense against that uh, blunder of an offense with, and no uh, Tony and no Shepard either. So they're fucked. Moving on, nope. Debo. Jones, say- sorry, let me let me say one thing. Jones was as of today's Wednesday, as we're recording, he was a limited uh, practice participant today, so he did practice. So we'll see. Keep an eye on yeah. his practice status as the week progresses. I just think when you have a strained neck, it it usually leads to you know a lack of focus. It it usually pulls on the the brain there a little bit. Uh, I just don't like that injury. I don't like uh, him being having to nurse that thing. But anyway, moving on, a tough loss for a lot of people. Debo, Debo Samuel, groin injury. We've talked about it. seems every every other week we have a wide receiver with a groin injury. He's going to be out for about two weeks, it sounds like. You know, it sounds like a very mild one. I'd say two weeks is reasonable. Um, maybe a third week or that third week he's going to have low production coming back because – uh, groins and hamstrings are two injuries that usually, even if the player feels a hundred percent, there's no way of telling if that muscle's going to hold up when you go full speed. And uh, so, those are two common re-injuries to happen. Anything on Debo? If you drafted Debo this year in your fantasy league, you're probably sitting pretty. The Niners are not fully sitting pretty, still battling for a wild card spot, so I think they'll try to get him back as quick as they can. Um, Run game. I, I'm I'm assuming more more towards that one or two week mark, hopefully just one week. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't expect him to miss extended time. Yeah, I think the other 49er players are a, a live DFS play or even a flex play um this week against seattle who's who's a mess and uh, next up Devonte parker is practicing again he's still listed on ir i i wasn't clear if they took him off ir or not but he is he tried practicing this this week uh he's not going to play sunday but um maybe look ahead to pick him up a week early on the waiver wire if you're if you don't have any depth at wide receiver um, I don't know how much they'll they'll use him, but Dolphins are now trying to make a little playoff push here in December. So um, I think they try to get him back now. He has a purpose. Anything on the Dolphins who are playing the Giants this week? Uh, nothing to add, Devontae Parker-wise. I think um, Jalen Waddles really emerged these past couple of weeks, so I, I think Devontae yep. will lose, lose a little bit of his fantasy value that he had pre-injury but yeah they he should be back soon and i got nothing on the injury front i don't know i don't know what his current status is well who's next danny next we got um our boy carl nassib went down on thanksgiving one of the few things i was not thankful for um looks like it's just a minor knee injury they're calling it week to week so hopefully especially on a long week hopefully he gets back there uh like to see him play this week, but hopefully, hopefully not extended time that he's going to miss. It's really going to it's really going to hurt our segments if if Carl Nassib isn't playing. 
Well, it, we can change the segment to the LGBTQI plus injury of the week. We we could we could. Inju- it is an injury uh, podcast. Yeah, I, it plays. And finally, probably the most popular injury of the week was Vita Vey. His tooth got knocked out. Uh, he was ha- he had a nice bloody smile. And here to talk about it is our resident tooth fairy, who is a dental hygienist during the day. Uh, give it up for the tooth fairy. Hello, everyone. So Vita was hit by the Colts right guard, Glowinski, with his helmet. Vita's helmet was already coming off. His chin strap was up, and I do not believe he was wearing a mouth guard. So his tooth got knocked out. That was his number 10 on his left side, lateral incisor. And now his tooth is fixed. It looks like he got a crown, considering it was just a few days ago. A little too soon for an implant. And Vita said he left the tooth on the field for anyone to come pick it up. So remember, kids, always wear your mouth guard so this doesn't happen. And don't forget, if a tooth gets knocked out, don't wipe it off. Put it in a cup of milk, and that way you can save all the tissues and the ligaments. And then once it's clean, just shove it right back in your mouth, and it'll stick. Thank you, Tooth Fairy, and I hope to God there's no kids listening to this. Is that, um, is that real? You can put a tooth back in? Yes, absolutely real. Oh my you, gosh. Yeah, you, you don't want to wipe it off. You want to just put it in a cup of milk so it gets a little rinsed off. You don't want to have any dirt on it, but you can't wipe it off so the tissues and ligaments can stick back to each other once you put it back into the mouth. And That's unbelievable. And, yeah, and it sticks. Sometimes it doesn't, but a lot of the times it does. Huh. I have, a, I have a fake tooth. I still have the real tooth in a cup somewhere. <laughs> uh, so, Tooth Fairy, uh, give us your three picks for the weekend. All right. Pick number one. I'm taking the LA Chargers plus three against the Bengals. And my second pick is for college, Pitt minus three and a half against Wake Forest. And my lock of the week. New York Giants plus four and a half against the Dolphins. Um, those are two disgusting NFL picks. Um, uh, the best of luck to you, Tooth Fairy. You 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 need the scratch to give the children under their pillows. You can't be losing it on. Uh, you can't be losing it to the bookie. So I think that wraps up. Let's just cut. Let's just cut Wait, after hold that. Hold on, hold on. Before oh, we God. cut, I got a question for the injury guys. How the fuck do the Browns let Conklin walk off the side of the field with an injured fucking knee on oh, Sunday? Oh, yeah, we should have. I was how saying that. How the fuck that. does that happen? Yeah, if they yeah. suspected a patellar tendon tear, how the hell do you make him get up and walk? Yeah, it's wild. He was stanky legging though. It looked nice. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, you know, I watched that happen and then I didn't even, it didn't even like register to me, maybe because it was the Browns and that's just the kind of thing you'd expect from them. Um, I don't know. I, yeah, that's very unprofessional and uh, really it's malpractice. Like 
at a high school game or even like a college game, if the athletic trainer were to have the player walk off when they suspected, if they suspected a tear on the field and then still said, let's just try to walk to the sideline. Like you could get, um, you know, a slap on the wrist for that, or at least, um, you know, looked poor. It looks poor. It's poor. It's a poor professional move on their part. All right. And next we have a very special guest this week. We're going to talk with him, get to know him a little bit. He is a thinker, a writer, a knower of things, a Chipotle connoisseur. He is a fantasy football reality show contestant, and he hosts the Fantasy Unleash podcast with our friends, The Beaver and Cash. A very entertaining show. He is Josh Selway. Wow, that was like a real introduction. I really appreciate that. Thank you. You even got the Chipotle in there. Uh, thinker, that, that's a good description. That was perfect. Thank you. And my first question to you is, I've, I've come to find that uh, nurses can make up to $4,600 a week in, in Ohio. And so are you the reason you and Laura aren't filthy rich right now in your, in your fantasy performance and gambling picks? Uh, yeah, that, that could be a problem. But first of all, I can't legally bet. So I, therefore, I still, I do not bet. I don't use the so, off. So just off. the fantasy performance is the. Yeah, which I don't know if that makes it better or worse, um, but that may uh, play play a small part in it. Yes. Under, understood. I just thought that was interesting and needed to inquire. So how's the, how's that reality show been? You know, I actually haven't, um, seen too much about it i guess um i need to i need to look into that more because that is like freaking sweet yeah it's a complete disaster uh <laughs> so we so we filmed the show went i went down to louisiana we filmed the show and it was like really re- like legit like sweet setup there was like a bunch of production guys there you know the lights and everything and then um it's just like we didn't really hear anything for like a week, two weeks, and then you get like half the draft produced in a video, and then the second half was like just terrible. And they took it off YouTube, and then basically they're the guy that they wanted to produce it all uh, just basically resigned. So now they're just running on uh, trying to get something together like for the playoffs, and they're just working on getting their shit together for like next year's and. Basically, my only question then was like, okay, are you still going to pay the prize uh, or the, the prize money if we're not getting any airtime or anything from it this year? So, uh, yeah, just uh, completely went went down the drain, which was which was in the range of outcomes. You know, in fantasy, you play the range of outcomes. I knew going into this that um, complete disaster was firmly in the range of outcomes, but uh, it was sure. still fun going down there, and uh, it's been fun to do the league, and they say they're still paying the uh, – prizes so uh, i'm still competing i'm gonna make the playoffs uh, so nice nice you know. uh, uh that's poor to hear but you at the bare minimum you got a fun weekend out of it so yeah great uh, yeah it's uh now did you have to did you have to ante into that at all 
Oh yeah, I mean that. So that that was basically the the buy-in was a a four hundred some dollar flight down to Louisiana, and then still the payout. I think it's like over three grand or something if you win. So they say. So they say. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't. Nothing. Nothing feels too firm here. I don't have high expectations, but. Um. Yeah. 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 Well, you win some, you lose some. Hopefully, you can you can get in the the championship game there. That'd be exciting. And then it's like, you know, if you win, there's there's not going to be prize money. If you if you do not win and come in second, that guy will definitely be getting paid out. Yeah, that's how it goes. Yeah. Um, (laughs) They they should at least if you want to give them a free idea, like you can save the show by giving the winner a really big check. You got to do the really big check. I mean, they're still looking for like, they fill us in. They're looking for like networks next year. They want to do like a house, like a legit uh, reality show, get people to live together. And it's just a shame they couldn't do it this year because the crew they actually got together was uh, like really funny, just a wide range of personalities and, types of guys it would have been really good some a lot of drama in the group chat so it's too bad that couldn't be on tv yeah and something that has been gaining traction and doing pretty well is your fancy unleashed podcast and so how's that been going and how have you kind of elevated that from you know where you started to now you've that thing kind of has some momentum i feel like at least yeah the last um there's not really a science to it. I mean, it's just, um, it just kind of, kind of be dumb enough to believe that it's going to work out in the end and then just, you know, show up every week, keep going, say some funny things. And, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it has been, uh, for whatever reason, it's been seemed a steady climb the past few weeks. So we, I was kind of worried, like, think at this point in the, the year people a lot of people are just kind of over fantasy because half the people are out of the out of contention but right uh, but then again with us we're, we're mostly uh entertainment just saying dumb shit so you know you get the best of both worlds still yeah i'm enjoying it i know you were talking about fantasy fatigue this past week on on your show i definitely feel that but and i will say i do like how you guys um go into like game theory for DFS and and I've actually been learning quite a bit because I'm not very good at or I'm not very sharp at DFS and I'm definitely not um one to I'm just starting to figure out um you know leverage and how to make a variety of lineups with core guys and before this I was mostly just playing cash games and kind of coming out you know a couple units ahead by the end of the season I'd I'd be like barely in the black doing cash games, which is still fine. It's still fun on the weekends. Um, But I do feel like you, you're, I do like that Avenue. You're, you're really digging deep into um, the dirty corners of DFS knowledge. I mean, that's kind of the balance. Cause it's like, on the one hand, I feel like our best angle is just being entertaining, just being ourselves and saying, wow, shit. But at the same time, like we are true uh, degenerates and go very deep into uh, game theory and all that type of stuff. So it's like, it, that's a hard balance to strike, but we're, we're trying to get there. Do you think you guys collectively and then you individually, you're getting better each season? 
at at DFS and fantasy, not like the uh, absolutely. I mean, especially with DFS, just from um, coming in this year, I really didn't care about taking DFS that seriously. But then once I started playing, it was like like week to week, I just gradually got more into it. That means like paying more attention to contest selection, bankroll management. And that's a little type of stuff that matters if you actually want to play like DraftKings somewhat seriously and make some money. So, I mean, just being able to pay that attention, that type of stuff is takes like a little bit of discipline. And it, it takes, uh, you know, it's, it's fun to just pick the players, throw in lineups, but like, to go to that, you know, next level playing DraftKings, that's kind of the thing, the little things that you have to focus on. So just being able to get to that point, they definitely uh, took some uh, working toward for sure. Yeah, I, uh, I, it is monotonous to play at that level. I've kind of tried that, and I, I just prefer um, picking picking games rather than spending my time research researching yeah. the market of fantasy there are two completely different things and even seasonal versus dfs those are two completely different markets as well um for how to look at who to play and who not to play uh so and then you're the, you're the one who really got me into best ball and got me on underdog and kind of um getting those dog days of summer by by uh doing drafts is a blast. Oh yeah. I mean best ball that's like that's our baby. I mean that's uh that's kind of what we've been leaning into. I think it's like one of the newer forms of fantasy, but it's just like you know, you can start playing right after the Super Bowl and it's just cool that how they can give you like a portfolio of players like on underdog and you know, you can see how many times you've drafted a certain guy and I mean I think anything that uh you know, can use that type of uh, information, like how often you've drafted a certain guy, percentage uh, exposure to a certain guy. Uh, I think that has a future in fantasy just because, like, traditionally with, like, snake drafts and stuff, you know, you get to pick a guy once, and, and that's kind of it. Like, you can't really double down, triple down, but with best ball, kind of gives you an opportunity to do that. So that's one reason we really like best ball. And plus it's just, like you said, it's just, you know, if it's June 5th, 8 p.m. at night, just, <laughs> just getting an underdog underdog draft, man. I mean, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, it keeps you in tune throughout the off season too. So hopefully, hopefully it seems to be gaining momentum. There's like, now there's, I, I don't know if it's a Discord channel. There's, um, I don't even remember the name of it. Someone's creating this big community for best ball, but uh, it seems to be more and more people playing. So uh, I, I think it's pretty awesome. I I listen to you guys weekly over the summer for sure. I never missed an episode. And with, with kind of following your guys' theories and advice and then incorporating that with my own opinions, um, on the off season, I, I put in $50 to underdog. I'm so far, I'm winning 45. I'm qualifying in four puppies and I'm in, I'm 18. That's great. I mean, yeah. that's really good. 
I'm I'm uh, I'm only 18 points out of second place for a, a mania, a mania two, which would be huge. I only did two of them, so like uh, it's it's actually deeming uh, quite successful. And of course, you know, I made I don't know um, so 20, 20 or so lineups for these puppies and tournaments, and my best lineup overall out of all of them belongs to the one Teresa did she she made one lineup uh at night before we went to bed and she has 1600 points in week 12 here and she's just crushing everybody yeah I mean I I did a shitload of drafts I think I only have like a few teams over 1600 points so uh I mean the God bless the tooth fairy that's impressive yeah yeah indeed and so kind of to my kind of last question and conversation here would be, you know, how much do you look at injury news and how does the injury news affect your decision-making during the season? Well, luckily now being able to listen to you guys, uh, it's someone I can listen to. I mean, podcast, like his podcast is my like go-to for in- information and really not, like a good information, you know, for pod, like I used to get a podcast with Dr. Chow. Like he used to be on, um, I think it was Ross Tucker. He used to go on with, but he doesn't do that anymore. I think he has his own podcast now, but I, I haven't delved into that. So it's been nice to be able to listen to you guys. Um, but, um, it's definitely harder. To, it's a hard thing to pin down because it's like, you know, there's just some, there's so much noise around it. The injury report reports teams are, you know, they, they get weird about those. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's a situation by situation thing where it's like, you know, it's kind of like weather. It's like, is, do you want to take the weather this week? Like how much weight do you put on that? It's kind of, you kind of have to take it situation by situation. And that's, I, that's where I do think like experience comes in to be like, okay, we've seen this type of thing before they may hold them back. But like this past week with like Aaron Jones, that like situations like that are, they're, they're kind of tough. So, I mean, even if yeah. you've been playing for a while, uh, it's, you know, they can, it's still hard to pin down. I've, I've found obviously the, the two, hardest things to determine is when they say a player is week to week and then they just obviously mark them down as limited practice all week and then it's Sunday morning and they're like okay they're playing but you have no idea if they have game plan for them their tart what their target share is going to be so our kind of theory and perspective on it is look at the injury if there is film on it and uh, definitely see if there's any progression whatsoever during the week for practice and kind of use those two main factors and then quite a lot of other smaller variables in our clinical judgment minds to to say there's no way this guy's getting over 50% of his normal target share this week. And that's kind of where we're at in this primitive stage. And, and hopefully I kind of want to try to put something on paper and maybe like, you know, list some variables and put weight to each of those variables um, is something I, is kind of like the next step for us. Um, yeah, hope, do hope, it because yeah. you guys aren't boring and the few injury guys I've seen out there, they're, well, I'd rather listen to you guys. That's what I'd say. Well, I appreciate that. So with all that said, it's, 
uh, a pleasure to have you have talked to you and give give the beaver and cash my best um the beaver is i'm sure most of you listening know who who at least know of the beaver and uh and the myth that he is <laughs> uh, and he's probably the most successful one out of the three of you am i right by saying that well in, in what in what regards in, in, daily, in daily in daily fantasy um in in nba he seems to be doing quite well uh unfortunately he has a, a very difficult time like conveying what's actually happening like like man people would like I mean, you keep winning like why don't you tell i don't know but um i mean i know last year rob uh cash had a a really nice um a really nice year i saw his uh was it roto tracker or whatever his results and it looked like a a, a pro so i don't know i mean that you may have just started an argument between those two so. <laughs> Oh, I definitely wasn't trying to do do that at all. Um, uh, tune into their podcast next week to see if they argue with each other about who who's sharper at at DFS. Um, and so with that said, we're gonna we're gonna roll right into our segments here, and then we'll we will do our greasy gambling picks. And um, I'm excited to hear what you have in store but before we get to all that we have the meat of the show i'd say the the um entree of the show which is heating pad or ice pack segment and we have a a short list of guys since we we're probably running long today but uh pretty pretty big names on this list we'll just start get right into it darren waller he is week to week coach pasikia said and it looks like you know, I would say doubtful, and just like I talked about, I don't think they're gonna uh, put him out there at his insane like ninety something percent snap count, and then give him you know sixty percent of the targets like they they kind of try to do. Uh, I do know they're going up against a soft defense against the tight ends, uh, so it is a favorable matchup for the backup there. Uh, Danny, what do you got on on Darren Waller? I say ice pack, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I'm a I'm a ice pack out of here as well. He um he was out of practice today. Like Steve said, I don't know what his uh his target share or what you know how much of a workload he will get if he does play. Um, so I'm a I'm an ice pack on Darren Waller. Yeah, and, and Josh, what do you got for the man? Yeah. I'm going ice pack as well. <clears throat> I mean, Waller, uh, you know, he wasn't doing much really previously anyways. And, you know, Hunter Renfro's my guy. So Waller can rest up and Ren- Renfro's got this. So I'll take the ice pack with Waller. Yeah, I remember having a conversation with you preseason and I said that offensive line stinks so much. Like, you know, he's car's not going to have any time to, to throw the ball to any of these guys. And, you know, I, I was, I kind of have to remember, like, even a shitty offensive line in the NFL is still going to give a quarterback probably three or four seconds, most of the day to throw. Um, and so uh, Renfro, I, I do have him in in two of my uh, redraft leagues, and it's been working out quite well. So that was a good, um, a good dart to throw there at the beginning of the season. Um, next. Pat Fryermuth, 
he's got a concussion. He dinged his head. Um, was it? I didn't even watch the rest of that disgusting fucking game. Did did he get hurt on the touchdown at the end? I I don't remember. I was I, I watched the whole game painfully. I don't remember him like leaving the game. So I don't know when it actually happened. Yeah, it could have been a post game. He I don't feel good, you know, nausea, something like that. And then right. they they have to do the scat then on him probably. The, the I've scat. Tried to, yeah. I've <laughs> tried to blank that out of my memory that whole game. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I don't think I have no clue. You know, it's he either passes concussion protocol and plays, or they know he's you know going to be their franchise tight end, and maybe you give the guy an extra week's rest to save his noggin a little bit. Um, if so, if he is out, I would give a big bump to. I think you know Najee Harris are just going to try to run the run the ball in time of possession against the Ravens. But since that's the smart thing to do, that's not what they're going to do. So actually just scratch that and pick up Deontay or uh, Claypool and, and scratch Fryermuth either way. Uh, you, what, what do you say, Danny? Uh, looks like he was a full participant today. So I'm assuming he'll be out of the protocol. Oh, yeah, he's um, in. But so, I mean, so I'm a heating pad, especially with Ebron out. Um, yep. He's got to be a part of the Forget offense. everything I just said. With that, with that information in mind, uh, heating pad, Fryermuth. And I might have the Fryermuth. <laughs> he's like he's just beloved by the entire uh, everyone who plays fantasy. He's he's. I mean, what a rookie year! So we'll, we'll keep the heating pad on him. Yeah, we love him obviously from Penn State, and then um, and actually one of the puppies I'm first place in is the I went three tight ends and I went. Tunyon, Gronk, Fryermuth with the very with the 18th pick, and it couldn't have worked out better. He's got like 65 points for me in my in that best ball draft. Um, yeah, he's gonna go early next year. Uh, he is not gonna be worth where he goes next year. I can I bet you it's fifth round, fourth, fifth round he goes. Um, I don't know if I'd pay that juice for Fryermuth. That that might be a reach. I don't know if he'll go quite that high, but but yeah, he'll if, if he, he finishes yeah. seventh, eighth round, he's a top he's a top seven tight end next year for sure. He he's starting five. to heat up on his his red zone targets and his touchdown catches. So like if he stays consistent this last uh five weeks of the season, uh yeah, who's throwing to him next year? Well, Aaron Rodgers, that's who. <laughs> all right uh let's move on from the shitty Steelers. we talked about them too much they are dead i'll i'll admit it i'll be the one to admit it most Steelers fans aren't going to admit it yet we are dead we are great grandparents dead thanks steve uh, I, I i love hearing that my no, over that. eight and a half is dead that fifty dollars is gone uh it's okay i have mac jones rookie of the year um Next, we have Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. They're both practicing again this week. They kind of alluded to Murray. Probably he could have played last week, but they wanted to give him that extra week for that ankle. That's a smart decision. I definitely think he plays. Hopkins probably plays as well and gets kind of reintroduced to the offense. They have so many weapons. They don't need to give him a heavy target load, but I'd still go with you know Murray and then Christian Kirk. They have a good connection all year. 
I don't mind this minus seven and a half either at the Bears. How are the Bears scoring on the Cardinals? Um, Danny, what do you got about the Cardinals? Big heating pad for both of them. They both so they they held them out of two weeks ago. Last week they were on a bye, so they're both coming off of a month of rest now. They got to be they got to be ready to go and banged up Bears defense. They're going to produce. Josh, my head my head is actually saying ice pack. I don't something. You know, Kyler got banged up last year and. I I just feel like this. I don't know. Coming back from this, I don't see him playing at the same level he was before. But I'm gonna go with my heart on this one and say heating pad as well, because I that's what I want to happen. Um, I'm looking. Was it a high ankle sprain? Because that actually does make kind of a difference. Like we've we've talked about high ankle sprains ad nauseum uh, over the last few weeks. I don't see a um, specification, but you know the the ankle. If it's if he if the ankle is a predictable joint. If you are running around uh, cutting left and right, doing all your agility stuff, and you're pain free and you're back to full speed, that that ankle is pretty much going to be honest with you because it's not a lot of soft tissue that has a lot of um, re-injury, uh, I guess is the word potential. Those ligaments, they're, they're either healed and they're like stopping for you and, and doing their job, uh, let, letting you know your abilities um, kind of more honestly than a hamstring or a groin. So I think if he looks good to the, to the team doctor and the athletic trainer and stuff, I don't think it would be an ankle issue. I think it would just be a overall not getting in the flow, uh, having, you know, several weeks off type of deal uh, for Murray. And, you know, this is their playoff push. But I will say that it's super chalk to take the Cardinals and just think they're going to to smoke the Bears. So it probably, <laughs> it probably won't happen. Moving on, we have... Melvin Gordon did not practice today. Uh, they are going up against the Chiefs defense, who may or may not have kind of sharpened up and kind of gotten better. They they have to get better at stopping the run here in December. I'd imagine that's a point of emphasis on their defense. So I'm staying away from both Denver running backs. Um, I always like Noah Fant. And... Um, yeah, but I'm still gonna I'm still gonna say that the Chiefs step it up and make it a point of emphasis to stop the run here this week. What do you got, Danny? Uh, just let me go back to Kyler Murray. It, it was a high ankle sprain. I didn't want to interrupt uh, you, and you you were in one of your one of your modes when you you're, you're on a roll. So I didn't want to interrupt you. But yeah, it was a high ankle sprain. He got he got uh his legs kind of tangled on the tackle and it, and the ankle rolled out to the side. That's right. Got trapped against the ground. But uh but yeah, I, I'm I'm fine with heating padding Kyler. But to on to the Broncos, Melvin Gordon has actually quietly had a decent fantasy year for like a flex guy. Um I don't think he plays this week. He still is not practicing, so I'm a I'm a ice pack here. Um even if he does play, I think uh the rookie Javante Williams will kind of be the main guy this week. So ice pack for Gordon. I'm fine with Javante Williams though. If you, if you want to play him. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to ice pack Melvin Gordon as well. I mean, 
our brand is Fantasy Unleashed. Everyone's been waiting all year for the unleashing of Javante Williams. It just would not be right if we don't get a full unleashing at some point this season. Melvin, just just take a week off, Melvin. <laughs> yeah, you're getting old. You need to rest the bones there a little bit. I mean, that would suck missing a game check, I guess. But <laughs> um, And lastly, our last running back here, Miles Sanders. Uh, coach says he is continuing to progress with his ankle injury. He kind of expects him to play this week. Um, you know, Boston Scott's been emerging as a, a capable back. So, you know, I think they continue to just running back by committee it, but also Jalen Hurts is questionable, but they think he will play as well. Um, I don't hate taking Miles Sanders, though, because I think he'll be overlooked and low-owned in um, tournaments this week. And so I think that's a, that could be a sneaky tournament play, uh, maybe – Mix in him and uh, Boston Scott this week in a couple lineups. Light exposure. Uh, what, what do you say, Danny? One of the most disappointing fantasy players of the season is Miles Sanders, my Penn State guy. But this week, I'm actually a pretty big ice pack for him. The big thing at the beginning of the year was he was just not getting the touches. The whole offense was just Jalen Hurts throwing or Jalen Hurts scrambling, and Sanders was not getting the carries. Um, his first week back, he did get 16 carries. That was down to nine last week. But if there's anything to remedy a bad fantasy season, it's playing the Jets. And <laughs> the, the Eagles are playing the New York football Jets, which means, especially with a banged-up Jalen Hurts, they're going to be running the ball a lot, I would imagine. So I like Miles Sanders this week, especially I'd imagine he's pretty cheap in DFS. I, don't, I haven't actually looked at any of that. But I'm a heating pad for Miles Sanders. Now, this will be one that I'll, I'll be monitoring uh, up until the last minute. I, I'd like to see some final reports here because if they say, if you get something, you know, Sunday morning, one of these reporters on the scene that says they're ready to give Miles Sanders full work against the Jets, that's, uh, that, that's a big heating pad right there. So, Yeah, I would, I would concur with all of that. Uh, and as, as we always say, um, Kind of check the injury report there uh, Saturday and, and Sunday morning. See um, who's been practicing all week. Look for that progression over the week of practice because a lot of these guys sit out Wednesday anyway uh, just for maintenance, but they'll still mark it down as their injury. So if they, if they progress through that Thursday and Friday, then you know they're trending in the right direction and they're they're trying to game plan for them. All right, and to wrap up the show we have, as always, the soccer draw of the week, everyone's favorite segment. And this week, I'm going to switch it up. I'm moving away from the EPL. I've been, had to have had a losing record so far, especially with EPL picks. So I'm moving to Bundesliga, and I am taking Montpelier Heralt FC, no, SC at FC Mets. And I'm going to have Google Translate tell me how off i was so um oh shit what use no wants me to talk into the mic what i don't know how to use this there we go 
Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, that's just how bad this is. Okay, I know what button to press now. It is Google Translate does not make it obvious what button you need to press to hear the freaking word. Uh, all right, all right, shut up. Okay, well, that's the team I'm taking. They they also have SC after that name, and they're playing FC Mets. Uh, Danny, who do you have as the draw of the week? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm venturing into your territory, into Italy for the first time. We're gonna go into a uh, Syria Saturday soccer action. We got Napoli and Atalanta, two of the teams in the top four of the table. Looks a lot like a two-two draw. Uh, just hearing that, I like the over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know what the over is, but that's gonna be a high-scoring one. Yeah, Atlantia is. Uh, they have firepower. And what what's our next segment, Danny? Yeah, so we're going to go to the LGBTQIA plus player of the week. We touched on it earlier, gave his heart and soul out there on Thanksgiving. Um, but he's been he's been working really hard in rehab, probably. So I'm going to give this one to Carl Nassib, my Penn State boy, LGBTQIA plus player of the week. Hope that knee gets better. Absolutely. And then to finish up. We have the tight end guru segment. Um, you know, Evan Ingram had a good game at $3,800 last week. And now with Mike Glennon uh, behind the center, I think, you know, he probably checks down. And there's no one left on the Giants to catch the ball anyway. So, you know, Evan Ingram's $3,500 this week. You really just need three or four catches for 35 yards to have him go 2x at least for you for especially for cash games so evan ingram and then if you want to pay up a little bit i would say uh dallas goddard is in a similar situation with a banged up jalen hurts might be throwing it short to goddard and then you know gronk is is definitely getting into december january gronk mode of of taking over games and still no Antonio Brown. So I think those are three solid picks at three different price points. Uh, that's your tight end guru speaking. And now we have the main event, the greasy gambling picks. Uh, I have slumped into the negative territory. Uh, and I have, you know, it's it's getting down to it. It's getting down to the end of the regular season. You know, we're going to keep these picks going through the playoffs and and we'll do some bowl picks as well. But, you know, I've got, I've got five weeks here to kind of cement my legacy as the first, the first year of these podcast picks. I, I need to have a winning record and uh, Danny's catching up pretty well. And Jimmy is, you know, stick sticking around right around 500 as well. Yeah. You guys talked all that bullshit. I told you I was going to get hot. <laughs> And now as it stands, me and Jim are tied, just one game out from Steve. But when you look at the lock of the week, I'm I'm crushing it. And you guys are way behind. Uh yeah, Danny is seven and five in his locks of the week. Um He left the door open. If you were a hundred dollar better for each of his locks, you would be up about seventy-five dollars after the juice. Um, which is up. Up is up. I think Cardi B said that um, one of the great philosophers of our generation. And with that, I will let's let's go ahead and start with 
Big Jim, why don't you give us your picks here? You son of a bitch. Um, so, you know, after last week's performance, it can only go up. So we're stay the same, but that would be right on par for what I expect. I'm a heavy underdogs this week for some reason. All three picks. Um, no real rhyme or reason. I'm going to take the uh, Washington football team plus two and a half. Uh, the one that I was kind of confused on is New England. Uh, I'm taking them plus two and a half, even though they're in Buffalo. Uh, Mac Jones just looks, you know, unreal right now for a rookie. And then my lock, I'm going to take the Chargers plus three. My great insight. Uh, yeah, those, those are, um, not bad. Uh, I guess I'll go next. I guess I have the <laughs> I have the Pittsburgh Panthers, same as the Tooth Fairy there, minus three and a half. That line did move. That was Pitt minus two and a half yesterday. It's jumped up a whole point already. They're playing Wake Forest in Charlotte. We're going to go up to Charlotte and see our boy Lance. And uh, the, it's an 8 p.m. game, so we're just going to kind of walk around downtown. And um, I guess I'll probably put on a Steeler shirt and and just uh, be merry and and have some drinks in Charlotte. And and hopefully, uh, uh, I've had I've had some luck with Pitt this year covering. I've picked a couple games they've managed to cover. So uh, third time's a charm to to keep it rolling in the ACC championship game. Uh, Thinking with college football, Utah, I think they're heating up. They're they're playing well to end the season. They're trending in the right direction, whereas Oregon, Oregon is uh, trending in that. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, we're we're discussing the the punishment while I'm uh, while I'm going here. So we'll we'll save that for the end. Yeah, things got weird in the chat. Yeah, so. yeah. I don't, I don't blame you for getting thrown off there. It, it tends to throw me off. Uh, anyway, Utah, minus two and a half against Oregon. Two teams trending in different directions. And my lock of the week goes against Jimmy. It is the Oakland Raiders at home, minus two and a half. They're saying, you know, the Raiders then are on a neutral site. This would be a pick em game. It would be... Really, Washington football team minus a half on a neutral site. I think the Raiders are a little bit better of a unit overall. I think the Washington football team has been kind of riding the coattails of a a favorable matchups, favorable schedules. I think their time has uh, is going to come to an end here for, for their little run they're on. Raiders are hot from Thanksgiving, little extra rest. I think at home, I like this at home for the Raiders. Uh, Danny, what what do you have for your picks? Oh, I got some great ones this week. I really like these ones, which probably means I'm going to be back on the 0-3 train soon. But uh, I'm going to go. We're going to start off with a couple championship Saturday college picks, two that I really love. I got the Georgia Dogs, minus 6.5. I really don't think Bama keeps this one close. Um this is not not your typical Nick Saban Alabama team. They are 
as as you know, they've struggled in a lot of close games against three, six, and six teams. They've they've pulled them out. LSU, Florida, and uh, just last week against Auburn, they really struggled. Um, struggled against Arkansas. They've they've really not looked like your typical Bama team that's blowing teams out. Um, I saw an interesting stat that was uh, this year. I think they've they've won four SEC games by one score. And in the past six years, they've only won three by one score or something wild and no more than one in a season. So it was not your typical Nick Saban team. Georgia's average margin of victory is 34. Closest SEC game has been 17. So... Georgia Georgia Bulldogs are going to... Dogs are way better. better than Alabama. I also read I was not a typical team that you you're going to Michigan, you know, in a, in the game that is that emotional and that hyped up and that the level they played come out like that as a huge underdog and to just light up Ohio State. It's hard to kind of go with Buffalo, minus two and a half. At home in prime time, I think they knock off New England off that win streak. Um, Buffalo on a long week, Thursday to Monday. Mac Jones in prime time in a hostile environment, divisional game. I like Buffalo to win that, minus two and a half. That's going to be a very good, probably the best Monday night football game of the year, I, I would say. It's definitely one I'll be watching and finally our guest mr jobin josh what do you have for your three picks and the guests by the way are a combined four and two with lance going three and oh as our first guest so you have a perfect yeah you have a perfect record to compete with that was wigs you said they went undefeated lance wigs wigs struggled Lance okay. was three and oh. Well, Wiggs, Wiggs was the last one I I listened to. The get that was a guest, and that that seemed like an interesting dude. So I was worried about following him. He's dropping forty k on bets and stuff. But uh, he's a I, psychopath. I've actually I'll start with this one now. Uh, I'm kind of canceling out the one I had written down, uh, and you'll see why. I called an audible here in a second, but I got to go against the tooth fairy. I'm actually taking Dolphins, Dolphins minus four. I just want to bet on the Dolphins. On four in a row, covered in all four. Home again. You got Daniel Jones, you know, you guys talked about his necks. Got neck problems. Might play, and he's already bad. So uh, I'm just riding the Dolphins here. It's minus five, minus four, I think still some places. Uh, we, we usually just go off a of FanDuel to keep it consistent. And I didn't tell you oh, that Oh boy, they are minus four and a half on the duel. Yeah. I'll, I'll gladly just ride the dolphins another week. I think it's still a case where they were so bad earlier in the year. It's taken a while for their value to, to, to catch up to what they are now. They're hot. Uh, oh yeah. 
and but the, not, not an ex, not really exciting. So it's not like a it's, it's sort of being overlooked. So I'll, I'll ride with the Dolphins again. Then okay, I'm going big here. This isn't a this week bet. I'm I'm betting. I don't know if this is allowed. I'm I'm gonna make a Super Bowl pick. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because it's two weeks. I'm going to be honest. It's two weeks too late. Uh, I said two weeks ago that it seemed like a good time to place a Super Bowl bet because this year's so wide open. Owns emerged, and I think it's going to be the Packers. I'm just going to bet on the Packers. So uh, I'm taking the Packers. I'm taking uh, Aaron Rodgers. He's just going to drive everyone nuts. Their defense is great now. I'm just going to ride ride that narrative. They could get home field in Green Bay with their with AJ Dillon. Oof. Uh, I'll take Green Bay. So that's my second bet is a Super Bowl bet. And finally, I'm actually going to, uh, what I think would be a good bet is to parlay the money. I'm going to do a parlay. I don't know if I, uh, this is illegal, but I'm going to parlay <laughs> Danny's picks, the money lines. I think all three of those teams are the the better teams. I agree that Michigan, like without a doubt, Michigan wins. Without, I mean, I don't, just without a doubt. But it do see Iowa uh, potentially keeping it closer than they even deserve so I think all three of those teams win are laying the money lines originally I was going to take the under or something in the Jags game but so um to clarify and you're you're a guest you can do whatever you like um jump on my couch uh pee on the seat whatever you like you're you're the guest uh you're which are you making the Dolphins your lock since that's your um single bet or you know straight that seems bet. most logical yeah i'll make the dolphins my lock i won't do this i won't lock a super bowl pick <laughs> and my lock of the week is a super know, bowl I, champion i really like that that three team parlay seems a little too perfect though it's kind of scaring me so i'll take the dolphins as your lock and then and then to clarify on the parlay iowa is plus 11 so you're taking iowa money line oh, no 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 He's taking Michigan money line. He said, "Oh, oh, yeah. I see, I see, I see." So the, Michigan the money, line, money line, all favorites, Georgia and Buffalo. I don't know, Georgia. Maybe I'd take the spread just to get just to get some juice there. But well, we're not I, paying I, you out anything, so I guess you might as well just just take Georgia money line, Michigan money line. I'm not. And, I haven't watched that much college football. I've watched Georgia though, and Georgia seems. Legit. They're Every legit. time I watch Georgia, it's like, wow, they they just seem bigger and faster and more prepared. The things that matter. So, uh, I am I am pu- pulling that up on on the duel right now. Uh, Bills Bills money line, Michigan money line, and Georgia minus six and a half is a three to one parlay. That I do like that. Somewhat responsible, but that's I don't know if that's what we're going for. Uh, well. Three to one. I mean, you could hundred dollars would be three. So you could do like one one seventy five to win like five hundred. The parlay is also betting against Nick Saban and Bill Belichick in the same parlay. <laughs> well, we live in a a, a tipsy topsy world where you know shit just goes upside down out of nowhere, especially in short uh, sports. So why why not this week? Why not the week you're a guest? If if you hit all these picks, yeah, you you will go down in history as the the best guest 
on Return to Play podcast. Hey, ever. The Packers out of, won. Out of three, ever. Uh... Yeah, it would it would well if the Patriots win, I would say I can cash my Mac Jones Rookie of the Year ticket um, now. But uh, I do think Buffalo is is figuring things out about their identity and such. I think they're trending in the right direction. I have no idea why Zach Moss is a healthy scratch. Do you have any info on that, Josh? I just think they need to find. Like after like like someone underneath that can make plays, Stephon Diggs gets open, but he's you know he's not a he's all right after the catch, but and then Cole Beasley is the possession guy, but I think Breida at least gives them some guy they could throw a screen to and he could you know break thirty yards or so. Whereas Singletary, he's an all right scat back, but he's not straight line speed. Yeah, I think he'll be more of a goal line and third down back Singletary kind of how they used him two seasons ago yeah I, th- I think uh Brita just gives them more of a change of pace whereas Singletary and Moss are kind of similar backs whereas Brita gives them more of like a diversity yeah it just it it's upsetting because they were starting to click there on offense and a little bit and uh now all of my Zach Moss stock is in the trash can could be matchup though. I mean, maybe they, you know, they're moving these these guys around. Maybe next week it's another two, depending on who they play. I don't know. Sure, one can hope. Um, so I think I think with all that said, I think that about wraps it up. Josh, it's been great having you. That was a great conversation there uh, earlier, and it's is good to have someone on who has a different perspective and a different um you're definitely sharper than fan at fantasy than us so you know it's kind of two two worlds meshing to make a a nice little stew a nice fantasy stew if you will uh, don't say that because then we're gonna do a league or something and you guys are gonna <laughs> smoke me and then so don't even say that well yeah next yeah, i'll come i'll come back anytime Love to yes that. For sure, and uh, uh, maybe the, all three of you, we could do w- one super show. Um, just a thought. Uh, I think that I, th- I don't think I have anything else. The be- best to you, and you're you're an Ohio living person, dwelling person as well. All three of you. So I hope you're stocking up for winter there, and. It's still uh, 60 down here. I'm enjoying it. No comment. Um, I love I love the snow. You see that Ohio cold. State Michigan weather. That's some that's some football weather right there. You don't get that in Charlotte. They're not gonna have snow in the ACC championship. No, in fact, they're not gonna have snow in the Big Ten championship either, unless unless Indy can figure out how to make it snow indoors either. But I digress. <laughs> the weather in Charlotte for kickoff it will be sixty degrees and partly cloudy. Well, yeah, it's night, but yeah, sixty degrees and no wind uh, at kickoff, eight p.m. kickoff with a high of seventy-two Saturday. 
thing that pisses me off, I'm going I'm to get on a soapbox here, but we have to, why all these big bull games are down south in nice weather, and they want to talk about, oh, Big Ten ball doesn't work against, you know, these fast teams, SEC speed or whatever. They need to come up. Let's have the freaking Wisconsin Bowl. We need to have the Lambeau Bowl one of these days. I want to see freaking spread offense come up and and play in the freezing weather against Wisconsin's big cheesehead linemen. Let's make that happen one of these years. Worth a shot because obviously what they care about is ticket sales and, you know, producing commerce in that area and are people going to – Stay out all weekend in late December, but I think people in that area, well, it's not those people, it'd be the people traveling from the SEC school, from the ACC school. Are those people going to come up all weekend and, you know, endure the do, endure those elements for three days and still go out and spend their money? I, I think that's where the thinking is on why the bowl games aren't up north so much. No, because it just simply means more up here. <laughs> Big Ten. It I just agree. means it just means more. <laughs> yeah, and we have to deal with ten more years of that bald-headed clown. Yeah, I don't get it. I'm I'm very upset. Yeah, I, jo- I am. I am in the transfer portal. Congratulations, currently. Josh, in advance for Ohio State beating Penn State for the next ten ten years. Um, it must be nice. Uh, no comment. I mean, the thing is, it's great to beat him seven out of ten times, but those types, James Franklin types, are when you lose to him, it's almost not even worth it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah but, that's, but that's a but that's a big win. You lose to him. He's he's one in he's one in seven versus Ohio State, and it was because it, it, they didn't deserve it. They, the years that they did deserve it, they blew freaking double digit. Lead. They they had a what a fourteen point lead and an eighteen point lead in the fourth quarter. The two years they lost by one. The yeah, year they block, didn't deserve it was the kick six. Goal, uh, that yeah, that that year was kind of bullshit. Oh yeah, Ohio State was a better team for sure. Yeah, but that's the only the only time like it, a one score a clo- when you keep it close with James Franklin. You got a chance when 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 James Franklin is beating you all game, it's it's a game over. Like you know you're gonna win. Um, Josh, quick, your favorite dartboard throw for DFS this week. Top of your head. I I swear to God, I haven't even opened the DraftKings app yet. I first, don't even first football player know. name that comes to mind. Hold on one sec. Let me pull up the spreads and just see the first thing that jumps out. I mean, the first thing I'm looking for is in the Chargers, uh, Chargers Cincinnati. I'll be looking at that game. That seems to be uh, Mixon's hot. Cincinnati seems to be like whatever the defense gives them, they have ways to exploit it. So I think there should be points in that game. Yeah, Mixon maybe. uh, T Higgins is 5,800. That could be a, a good leverage play there. All right. Well, with all that being said, I hope you you've enjoyed this week. Enjoy the championship college games. The NFL slate looks pretty good, pretty decent. That Monday night game's going to be good. And no matter what you're doing, watching football or raking up the leaves, stay healthy, America. <laughs>